A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and I am glad you joined us on the program today. We're going to be talking about what's going on at the Supreme Court, not not New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which, of course, oral arguments have been held there, and uh, hopefully we're going to get a decision in late June. But there are a number of other cases that are percolating uh, at the Supreme Court level. Uh, most of them are, are being held right now, it looks like, uh, although the court could weigh in and grant cert on, on any or all of these cases. They could also deny cert, too, but uh, let's not talk about that. One of the most interesting cases that is before the court right now uh, is a case called Bianchi versus Frosch. And this is a challenge to Maryland's ban on so-called assault weapons. Now, what makes this case particularly uh, interesting is that the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, basically Maryland's ban on so-called assault weapons, has already been challenged in court. And the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals said, nah, it's fine. It's fine because, um, you know, um, people can buy other guns, right? And, uh, you know, uh, these guns are like machine guns. And Antonin Scalia said in the Heller decision that uh, machine guns and the like, uh, you know, are, are obviously subject to uh, additional restrictions. So uh, since an AR-15 is like a machine gun, I mean, it kind of looks like a machine gun. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, uh, it's not covered under the Second Amendment. And the Supreme Court several years ago declined to review that case. Now, the makeup of the Supreme Court has changed since then, obviously. And uh, gun owners and Second Amendment supporters are hopeful that the current makeup of the court will be more receptive to hearing a challenge to the Fourth Circuit's decision. And so uh, not only do you have this lawsuit, but now you have 25 attorneys general from around the country who have signed on to an amicus brief urging the court to take up this issue once and for all uh, and to rule on the side of the Second Amendment and the most commonly sold rifle in America today, uh, overturning the Fourth Circuit decision and upholding the right to bear modern sporting rifles and to keep them as well uh, in the United States. So the 25 AGs, you've got uh, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, uh, Arizona Attorney General uh, Mark Brnovich, and then uh, 23 other states here. I'm just going to go through them real quickly. Alabama, Alaska, <clears throat> excuse me, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Wyoming. I am so happy that Virginia is on that list. Jason Meares, the uh, newly elected and uh, newly installed attorney general uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, unlike our former attorney general, Mark Herring. Uh, who signed on to basically every gun control proposal imaginable, uh, calling on the Supreme Court to uphold these gun control laws. Jason Meares, the new attorney general in Virginia, taking a very different stance, and one that I think is uh, much more in line with the Constitution. So let's take a look at uh, the arguments made by these attorney generals. There are a couple of different arguments that they're making here. And remember, they've got to convince the Supreme Court to take a case, to take an issue, not the same case, but to take an issue uh, that the court has ignored uh, in recent years. And so one of the things that the AG say is that these um, amici states believe that in upholding Maryland's ban on so-called assault weapons, that the Fourth Circuit 
erroneously construed the U.S. Constitution and thereby compromising the Second Amendment rights of millions of citizens. They say that these states therefore wish to provide their unique perspective on these constitutional questions as well as to protect the critical rights at issue, including the rights and interests of the citizens of these 25 amici states. In other words, the Fourth Circuit simply got it wrong, and the court needs to step in and right that wrong. They say that uh, they're filing this brief because Maryland's law goes too far. Uh, And they write, states may enact, quote, reasonable firearm regulations that do not categorically ban common arms that are core to the Second Amendment. But the challenged law, the the ban on so-called assault weapons, fails, they write, because it is broadly prohibitive rather than regulatory. The court should not allow Maryland to invade its own citizens' constitutional rights, and it should not permit the Fourth Circuit to imperil the rights of citizens in other states with its analysis either. What about that analysis? Well, the amici states say that rather than asking whether law-abiding citizens commonly use a banned firearm for lawful purposes, which is the proper test that the Supreme Court lays out in uh, Heller, instead, they write that the Fourth Circuit asks whether the firearm is most useful in military service. And if it is most useful in military service, then it doesn't uh, fall under the protections of the Second Amendment. And the ban is upheld. As the attorneys general write, not only is that novel standard inconsistent with the court's existing Second Amendment jurisprudence, the standard leads to an absurd result. A firearm declared most useful in military service is eligible for a ban regardless of whether the weapon is in common lawful use by the civilian population, which therefore uh, therefore contradicts the military use conclusion. Uh, They say correcting the Fourth Circuit's wayward standard in and of itself justifies review. In other words, that alone should give the court reason enough to go back and revisit this issue because the Fourth Circuit got this so egregiously wrong the first time. But that's not their only argument. They also say, lastly, lawful possession of weapons subject to Maryland's ban, such as modern sporting rifles, actually improves public safety. The features, they write, of modern sporting rifles benefit people of smaller stature or of limited strength who count on a firearm to reverse the disadvantage they face when defending against a larger attacker. In particular, features that are targeted by Maryland's ban, such as flash suppressors and folding stocks, uh, serve the public interest by increasing the likelihood of a weapon's safe use in self-defense. The former decreases the odds that a defender will suffer impaired sight and lose accuracy due to muzzle flash, risking collateral damage. The latter allows for better storage and access to the firemen tight living quarters, as are often found in densely populated areas. Again, the uh, argument by the gun control activists in Maryland is that, oh, no, no, these features uh, make AR-15s uh, somehow uh, uniquely dangerous as opposed to, you know, a rifle with a wooden stock or one in which uh, the user could very well be momentarily blinded by uh, discharging that firearm. Um, the uh, amici states uh, point out that, again, this contravenes and contradicts uh, existing Supreme Court precedent. They write, Heller was blunt on this issue. An unconstitutional abridgment of the Second Amendment, whether involving handguns uh, or otherwise, cannot be saved by the fact that the possession of other firearms is allowed, which is what the Maryland uh, court said and the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, said as well, that, you know, this gun ban is fine, 
Because even if you can't buy a so-called assault weapon, you can still buy a handgun, or you could buy a shotgun, or you could buy a hunting rifle. So your Second Amendment rights are not infringed that much, right? Uh, as the amici states write, courts must analyze laws restricting constitutional gun ownership on their own terms, not by imagining how many other restrictions a state potentially could have enacted as well. And nothing in Heller says that this principle uniquely applied to handguns, nor is this problem confined to the circuit court. District courts, they write, are confused about this alternative arms test as well, uh, unsurprisingly divorced as it is from Heller. And as the amici states make clear, if this is, if if this philosophy uh, is going to be allowed to stand, well, the result, they say, is that quote lower courts might trim the Second Amendment to almost nothing, so long as regulators leave untouched some narrow class of arms. And that, I think, is exactly... Well, look, I think gun control advocates would really love to repeal the Second Amendment entirely. They would love to be able to deny us our right to own any firearm. But if they could say, okay, uh, you can't own a semi-automatic rifle, you can't own a semi-automatic handgun, you could own a, uh, you know, a, a revolver, maybe five rounds, you could own a single-shot hunting rifle, you could own a, a single-barrel shotgun... Uh, and therefore, and, and, and by owning those uh, limited arms, your Second Amendment rights remain intact. I think that the gun control lobby would be happy with that for at least a little while. Gun owners, on the other hand, would rightly view that as a uh, abrogation and an outright uh, infringement on our right to keep and bear arms. And yet again, if this Fourth Circuit's uh, decision is allowed to remain intact, there is nothing stopping. Uh, other courts around the country, Ninth Circuit, I'm looking at you, uh, from enacting even further restrictions on other commonly owned arms. So the fact that you've got half of the attorneys general in the country who are now asking the Supreme Court to weigh in on this, I think that does matter. I think it does have an impact. Uh, and I am hopeful that before long, we're actually going to see the Supreme Court agree to accept this case. State of Maryland has until uh, early next month to uh, issue its formal reply uh, this case was scheduled for conference on January 21st, but it's been uh, held over. So I, I anticipate we've got a few weeks before we see uh, any action from the court here, but hopefully that action will be in gun owners' favor when the court does issue its decision on whether or not to grant cert in this case. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We'll start there. Uh, with a case out of uh, Zionsville, Indiana, where a, a man who purchased a gun that was used in a murder ended up getting probation. Now, this was a straw purchase. Uh, David Machino Jr. purchased uh, this gun for a guy named James Hughes. Hughes was the man who uh, actually uh, uh, engaged in that murder back in 2019. And according to testimony by Machino, he believed that uh, this guy was ineligible to purchase a firearm on his own. So he went ahead and bought James Hughes a gun, used Hughes' money, gave the guns to Hughes immediately after buying them. Hughes ultimately pleaded guilty but mentally ill to the murder of Samuel Bennett. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison with five years suspended back in September. But Machino got three years probation as part of a plea agreement. Yeah, uh, one day in jail that he served during his arrest. He was given credit for time served. 
and uh, three years on probation uh, for engaging in this straw purchase. Now, what's fascinating to me is that, you know, we hear all the time about uh, how critically important it is to crack down on these types of cases. And yet, here you have a guy who, you know, the evidence showed he, he bought a gun for somebody else using the other person's money, gave that person the gun. A year later, the gun was used in a murder. And uh, I don't know, rather than taking this case to trial, rather than ensuring that there are, you know, actual consequences here, plea agreement offered, taken. Mr. Machino gets three years probation and he is uh, on his merry way back to uh, living his best life. I, I hope that actually this. This, this takes that we don't ever hear from Mr. Machino again. I'd like to think that that's going to be the case, but uh, still, three years probation for the uh, uh, illegal purchase of a gun that was used in a murder. I don't know that the punishment actually fits the crime there. Today's armed citizen story uh, from uh, where was this? Mississippi, I believe. This is uh, Fox 13 in uh, Memphis reporting on the story, but the uh, uh, dateline. Coldwater, Mississippi, where a uh, woman shot and killed a man in self-defense after he broke into her home, according to the sheriff's office. This happened Monday night, about 8.30. The uh, Tate County Sheriff's Office says 63-year-old William Hoskins began shooting at a home there uh, just outside of uh, Coldwater, Mississippi. He then broke into the home. There were three people inside. He continued shooting once he gained entry. And a woman inside who knew Hoskins grabbed a gun and shot him after he broke in, killing the man. Sheriff's office said that the two knew each other but wouldn't elaborate on the relationship. According to the sheriff's office, woman then called 911, told authorities that she had shot and killed someone inside of her home. Sheriff's office responded, determined this was a clear act of self-defense. Uh, no charges have been filed at this time. Again, still don't know what uh, prompted this incident, but uh, I sure am glad that uh, at least one of the individuals inside that home, able to access a firearm, able to protect everybody else inside, as well as protect herself from that armed threat. Finally today, our good deed of the day. You know, normally we talk about, uh, oftentimes, our good deed of the day is not limited to first responders, but oftentimes we're talking about first responders. Well, today we're talking about uh, not a first responder who is in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing, but a community that has come together to uh, help out an officer in Vestavia Hills, Alabama, uh, an officer who lost everything in a fire over the weekend is now getting some help from the community that he serves. Officer David Johnson and his family uh, were the victims of this house fire. And the uh, Vestavia Hills Police Foundation uh, is actually um, uh, putting forth an effort to try to help this family recover. Uh, in just the last couple of days, they have received more than $20,000 in donations specifically for Officer David Johnson and his family. Tom Hale, who's the president of the foundation, said that he is, uh, quote, beyond humbled at the incredible amount of positive response and generosity of these people. Again, th these are members of the community stepping up to help out one of their own. Uh, and it is great to see. Uh, hopefully, the uh, family here and the officer who lost all of their possessions but did manage to uh, keep a hold of each other, uh, hopefully they're going to be able to uh, get back in some shelter and they're going to be able to start to rebuild their lives. Again, thanks to the uh, caring and the generosity 
of the uh, folks there in Vestavia Hills, Alabama. And we thank all of those folks who are helping out that officer for their very good deed. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. We'll be back on Monday with another show, but don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the weekend. And, of course, on Friday, we'll be updating the website with all of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you'll get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Not only will you be supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we do at Bearing Arms, but you'll also get exclusive content like news stories, analysis you just won't find anywhere else. It is our way of saying thank you for showing us support, and we really do appreciate it. Hope you have a great weekend. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. 